Good morning, I'm Francis Keeney and welcome to The Trough for Thursday the 9th of March, your daily bite-sized wrap of all the political news you need to know this morning. A decade of debate about power prices and paralysis on carbon taxes are to blame for the current spike in power prices. That's the verdict of the Australian Energy Council in a submission to the Finkel Review published by The Australian this morning. The submission says current prices are the equivalent of a $50 a tonne carbon tax, more than double the price of the scheme unveiled by the Gillard government and then axed by Tony Abbott. Quote, a lack of policy certainty is now the biggest single driver in power prices, according to the submission. The AEC has also said there's no appetite for the banks to fund new coal-fired power plants, even if they do have reduced emissions. And this is a policy diagnosis that the Climate Institute also agrees with. The Guardian this morning incidentally says the Institute is going to have to wrap up in June due to a lack of funding. Now, the federal government insists that policy changes are not to blame, but point the finger at a rush to renewables by Labor governments. Now, keep in mind the Australian Energy Council represents all the major players who supply electricity in Australia. And this Finkel review, if it echoes those concerns, is going to be a major headache for the federal government. We'll see whether there's a policy shift in the months ahead, and it comes amid growing concerns about a gas shortage this winter on the eastern coast. In a report by the AEMO to be released later today, it will warn of gas and power shortages from 2018. But the Energy Minister Josh Frydenberg this morning has warned against restricting gas to domestic supplies, telling the ABC it could be a deterrent to future investment in Australia and says more gas exploration is needed. In the meantime, crossbench Senator Nick Xenophon has also told the Finn Review he won't be negotiating on company tax cuts until this energy issue is sorted out. The Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull is delivering a keynote speech in Sydney today, providing the foundation for the May budget. In draft notes sent out by his office last night, he said to focus on productivity in the workplace, as well as warning about Australia's AAA credit rating. Quote, this situation is as serious as it gets, unquote, he's set to say. But that some people choose political sound bites and petty point scoring over facing up to our nation's economic challenges. He's said to have a crack at One Nation, the Labor Party, the union movement and, I suspect, send a message to his own party about the need to embrace or at least accept tough economic reform. That speech will be part of a summit being held by the Australian Financial Review today. The ABC has obtained, via FOI, the briefing note sent to senior government ministers about Donald Trump ahead of last year's US elections. While it's heavily redacted, it provides an interesting glimpse into the government's thinkings of the outcome. The ABC says the government was told there were, quote, no signs of a victory for Trump, although highlighted that the gap was narrowing between him and Hillary Clinton in key battleground states. The briefing also mentions Trump is an unprecedented candidate and his ability to manoeuvre and recover should not be underestimated. It's also been revealed that it took seven weeks for the Defence Minister Maurice Payne to contact the new Defence Secretary General Mattis after the election win. One key battle surrounding penalty rates is likely to be the union-negotiated enterprise bargaining agreements struck with big business compared to the decision by the Fair Work Commission to cut penalty rates for everybody else 
in the retail and hospitality industry. Unions in the federal opposition have strongly argued against cutting penalty rates on a Sunday. The Council of Small Business told the Australian that union-backed EBAs for the major players have in fact reduced penalty rates on weekends, more so than what small businesses have been denied until now. We've heard the federal government mention this a few times since the decision was handed down, and it'll be interesting to see if this gains traction as a union campaign against the changes gets underway. Bill Shorten has also used International Women's Day to bolster his case for penalty rates to be untouched. He said women were more likely to be working in the industries affected by the decision. The WA election looms, and there's a growing narrative that the Liberals are set to come undone this Saturday. Peter Van Onselen notes that Richard Court lost to Labor's Jeff Gallup in 2001 by 14 seats, with One Nation preferencing against government MPs. This time around, One Nation is preferencing in favour of the Liberals, and Labor is confident of securing 12 seats, this time needing 10 to get over the line. Matthew Knott also has an interesting piece in the SMH on Eric Abetz's brother, Peter, who's a Liberal MP in WA Parliament. He followed him giving out pamphlets on the Liberals as well as decrying the Safe Schools program. Nikki Sava also has this warning in today's column for those in the Liberal Party wanting the coalition to chart a more conservative course following Saturday's election. She says there's a strong view amongst Liberal or senior Liberals, I should say, that a One Nation light prescription could lose more votes for the party than it would gain while simultaneously opening a schism within the Nationals. And on cue, there are now stories emerging about growing chaos within the One Nation camp just days before the WA election. Two associates of Pauline Hanson, Ron McLean, and wife Mary Louise Daniels, worked with Pauline Hanson for 20 years until several weeks ago, when they were dumped as state president and secretary of One Nation and expelled them from the party. They've now filed an anti-discrimination claim, saying Ms Hanson told Mr McLean, an 87-year-old, he was too old to run for a seat. And in a pretty weird press conference yesterday, they also took umbrage at Hanson's chief of staff, James Ashby. And Queensland media outlets have also criticised the senator for promising that part of the GST from Queensland should be spent in WA. Now, she said on social media yesterday she never made such a claim, but she did on a radio interview, and it's now on the Courier-Mail website, and it's given Labor and the Coalition an excuse to take aim at her. We know a lot of politicians use encrypted messaging services, which makes the claims by WikiLeaks yesterday quite interesting. Now, WikiLeaks says the CIA has the ability to intercept messages on smartphones with services like WhatsApp. That's used by the Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull and his staff, not to mention countless government MPs, advisers and officials. It's prohibited, by the way, to distribute classified information via these messaging services. But it doesn't stop MPs from using it to privately gossip to each other or to coordinate, say, leadership spills. My advice, update your apps and your phone operating systems constantly in order to stay ahead of this game. And briefly making political news, this morning Centrelink's automated debt recovery program has only secured $24 million so far. Although it's identified $300 million in potential payments, there was a Senate committee hearing into this yesterday. The Department of Human Services has also suggested that the reason why there might be a problem with the system at the moment is because a fair percentage of the population or people who received the letters didn't respond to them. The ATO has also distanced itself from the issue. It says it only provided the data to Centrelink and cannot be held responsible or accountable for how it's used. The weather for today for Canberra should be partly cloudy and a top of 26 degrees. 
There's a couple of committees looking into the ABC's approach to rural and regional Australia, the federal government's childcare welfare omnibus bill as well, and the impact of non-conforming building products on the construction industry. As mentioned before, the Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull in Sydney for that speech and no plans from Bill Shorten at this stage. I'm Francis Keeney. Thanks a lot for your company this morning. If you like what you hear, leave a review on iTunes or hit subscribe. If you want to learn how to get notifications when this podcast drops, go to our website, thetrough.com.au. And I'm also on Twitter and on Facebook. Thanks again. Talk to you tomorrow.